I guess what gets my soul going is when I can, and it's kind of a trite answer, but I think it's true. And I'm realizing this more just when I can drop all of the non-essential stuff that's in my head and worries and all that and to-do lists and kind of just surrender to like what I have, what is going right, being with my kids, being in the moment, you know, if they're enjoying themselves and like frolicking and playing outside, if I can really drop into that moment and see where they're at and realize that I've got it all right here, you know, that puts me in alignment with my soul. Hey friends, welcome to Dancing in the Kitchen podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Stovacek. This podcast is about coming back to what makes you hungry for happiness, what feeds your soul. It's about remembering the crazy stories that got us where we are and the things we want to tell our younger self so we don't get lost along the way. It's about our favorite meals and the memories the smells, the taste, the conversations, the people, and maybe even the meals we'd rather forget, but are etched in our minds anyway. So let's have conversations over cupcakes, or we can have happy hour. We'll talk about the music we listened to in the 80s, the music we listen to now. What's our happy place, and why it's so important? I created this podcast because I had lost myself until one day I found myself blasting the music while I was cooking and dancing around my kitchen. These are things I love to do, but I stopped doing them for some reason. Maybe by sharing my stories and those of my friends at the table or on the dance floor, it will help you uncover yourself too by stirring up your own memories. I hope this podcast brings you joy nourishment, and maybe a laugh or two along the way. So ready or not, let's get started. Hey, I wanted to hop in here real quick to let you know that the month of May is going to be all about motivation and moving. What motivates me, what motivates you, and I'm moving. Yep, if you haven't heard my special birthday bonus episode yet, which I'd love it if you went back and listened, by the way, (laughs) but I'm packing it all up and flying south to Florida at the end of May. (laughs) Woohoo! One other thing I wanted to share before we get started is that I am happy to announce I have a discount code for you. Do you remember meeting Terry Thompson on episode four? She is the founder of Feel Good Dough, and I really love and believe in her product and brand so much that I want to share it with all of you. When you order their dry mix dough online at feelgooddough.com and use the code Debbie33 at checkout, you will get $2 off and free shipping in the U.S., I hope that motivates you to try this delicious, oh my gosh, it's so good, 100% clean, organic, vegan, kosher dough. It's so good. 
So we are going to kick off this Motivational May series with someone who has taught me how to let go of things that no longer serve me, especially those pesky piles of paper that seem to grow overnight. You know what I'm talking about. She has been a huge help to guide me in this process. Her name is Tamar Prager, and she is such an inspiration to so many people by teaching us to let go of our paper and make space for our soul. And I could listen to her talk all day long. So without further ado, let's dive on in and meet Tamar. Hey friends, I want to welcome everybody back and this week I'm super excited because I am having a chance to sit down and talk with someone who has actually helped me probably more than she realizes and um, someone I respect and I look up to and she's just got such a presence about her that, um, well, I'll let you all figure it out for yourself because you're going to get to meet her now. Her name is Tamar Prager and um, she is just super. She's great. So hello, Tamar. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you here. So Tamar, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you've been, what you're doing and where you're heading. Sure. So um, I live in Westchester, New York. It's about uh, 30 minutes or so north of Manhattan, so north of the big city. And um, we've been here for about four years. Um, I'm a mom of two boys, and um, my wife and I chose this area because we were somewhat cosmopolitan and lived in Manhattan for about 15 years, but then wanted to kind of move out of the city and have more space and, you know, have more of a typical suburban um, life for ourselves and for our kids. Um, I've pretty much been a full-time mom, I would say, since I had our first child about nine years ago. But prior to that, um, I was practicing as a nurse practitioner in primary care. And even before that, I got my first graduate degree um, in public health. And so I actually after stopping work as, a, as an NP, um, when I had my kids, I was kind of itching to get back to a professional self. And so I decided to do some infection control work. And this was obviously pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. So little did I know that teaching people about the foundations um, and the fundamentals of keeping, you know, keeping ourselves healthy in the midst of viruses, I, I didn't know um, that that would become a global, <laughs> a global project. Right. But um, so, yeah, I did that. And uh, basically the pandemic hit and um, I realized that I wanted some kind of change. I was sort of doing infection control consulting on a very part-time basis and friends and family would call me. They had a lot of questions related to COVID and they knew that this was something I had done. So I thought, you know what, why don't I become, why don't I start a business doing infection control consulting and actually get paid for this? And I took a course uh, made to do this that Kathy Heller runs. It's phenomenal. Um, I was very excited to become an entrepreneur. And soon after I began, I actually realized this is not 
sparking any joy. This is not lighting me up. I can do this. I have the skill set, but this is not, it was kind of like a dead fish. Like it wasn't doing anything inside of me that was positive. And so I did a major pivot with her, um, you know, taking what she said and running with it, which is do things, you know, do things scared, do it messy, but just kind of jump off the cliff and know that wherever you're jumping into is better than where you are. And so I did that. And long story short, I pivoted to something that I did over 20 years ago and loved, which is helping people um, find a way to let go of the excess in their life, excess papers and things like that. And I'm kind of, my niche is paper. So I started a business um, and I have a podcast and um, a membership and I, I adore it. I adore it. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that's great. And like I said, you are so good at that too, because just kind of helping us walk through that process of letting go. And um, even though it's like you said, it's the niche of paper, but it's deeper than that. It's a deeper level. And, um, and that background that you have is just perfect, you know, and it is so important to make sure that we're doing something that we love and that we're finding purpose in and that we're helping others, you know, that we're serving others and serving ourselves, kind of at the same time, right? Exactly. And I think that that is what um, keeps me loving it because yes, the process fills me with ease. It's a very easy kind of space for me, mm -hmm. but knowing that um, I can help people through what is very much not an easy process for most people um, is very fulfilling. And what I realized along the way, what I, what I continue to realize is that there are so many ways, different ways in this world to help people right. and to give people a sense of calm and a little space where, um, you know, they can move through something difficult with you. So, you know, it's, it's fulfilling and it's different. And I've had to do a lot of work around letting ego stuff go, like a lot of work around that, <laughs> but um, it's, that's a lifelong thing, I think, but uh, you know, but it's worth it because at the end of the day, do I want to work on my ego or do I want to work on being happy and serving people? And I think it's clear what the answer is. So, yeah. And you're, and you're so good at it too, because like I said, um, you know, you've helped me because I struggle with that and letting go of things. And I just accumulate things and I'm like, oh, I really don't need this. So it needs to go. And um, so it's, it's been helpful. And that's such a satisfying feeling when you're able to help somebody like that. It's, it's great. So, um, you know, one of the things I do while I'm um, going through all that is I'm listening to music you know, because that kind of helps me uh, focus a little bit better sometimes, depending mm -hmm. on the kind of music that I'm listening to. So is there um, a certain type of music that kind of gets you motivated? Or what's your favorite kind of music to, whether it's to change your mindset, or just what's your favorite kind of music? My, my absolute favorite is, um, I would say folk rock. So um the Indigo Girls are my favorite group. Um, I've been listening to them for literally 30 years. I was a young teenager. I was probably 13 when my older sister introduced me to them. She was in college. And so 
the Indigo Girls, you know, James Taylor, Simon and Garfunkel, Joan Baez, really classic, like, 60s artists, 70s artists. Um, my mom was really into Joan Baez, and so I, I grew up hearing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just does something, it, it, it's not only about calming me, it, it kind of opened, it speaks to me in a very, in a very direct kind of intimate way. And I think whether I'm looking to be uplifted or energized or whatever it is, if music speaks to me, then, you know, only good things can happen because then you just, you open up, you know, to, to the moment you're in. Right. Right. What are the last five songs you listened to? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so it's funny. I'm not probably not five different songs. I tend to like fixate on something and get into a state and just listen to something over and over and over. But, um, one of the songs I was just listening to, a friend of mine introduced me to, it's not folk rock, but it's kind of a meditative chanting type thing. And the name of the artist, I'm not sure if I'll pronounce it correctly, is Snatnam Kaur. It's a very interesting name. And she's this woman who is, um, I think she's been around for a while, but she has all of these meditative sort of chants. And it's not just vocal, it's um, it's also instrumental. But what I wanted to say was, the other type of music I absolutely adore is um, music with a very strong rhythmic foundation because um, I actually play the drums. And so, okay. yeah. Um, but back to your question, the last, so I listened to a song um, by the Indigo Girls. It's called All That We Let In. That was one song. I listened to this chant. Um, I was listening to a piece of classical music. My sons are musicians and I wanted to introduce them to something that I used to play on the cello. I used to play the cello. Really? <laughs> well, in the fourth grade, I played the Oh my cello. God, that's awesome. <laughs> Not something you you typically share with a person. Um, no, that's so cool. Yeah, oh, I actually cool. had a kid in my um, orchestra class who used to call me Smello Cello, because ah. so, I was not not first chair, but that's okay. <laughs> it's definitely okay. I was not first chair, but um, I played for a while. Um, so the the boys yeah. you were saying they're also. Yeah, they, well, yeah, they play a guitar and piano and ukulele and my youngest plays the drums too. And so anyway, I just, I wanted to introduce them to um, a Bach cello suite piece that I used to play like 20 years ago or something. Uh But I think that's kind of like last on my playlist, but typically I'm not listening to Bach cello suites. I'm listening to, like I said, (laughs) oh, you know what? Hold on a second. I just remembered. They're very into the Beatles. And so Taxman, mm. that was definitely in the last five songs because there is const- there are constantly Beatles songs playing in the background here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, um, so with those types of songs and that type of music, um, is there anything that's going to make you dance no matter where you are? Yes, the Indigo Girls and probably the Beatles more upbeat stuff. Um, I mean. It has to, I would say, upbeat, really strong percussive songs will get me dancing anywhere because I I just like, I come alive in a way when I hear the drums and, 
as you might imagine, I am a big Ringo Starr fan and he's just a brilliant drummer. And so anything with a strong percussive beat, I, I will be up dancing. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, like for me too, another thing last night on my playlist, um, when I'm making myself dinner, I have um, 50 great songs for a dinner party. And it's so many different, you know, just kind of cool, smooth, jazzy kind of, you know, dinner music. And so I'm always listening to that at dinner time. And, um, you know, but so far as getting me up and dancing, that's something completely <laughs> different. But those are the last songs that I was listening to. You do that every night, listen to a, um, a selection. That's a nice. Um, pretty thing. much. I mean, I love to have music playing um, while I'm eating dinner. So um, it just, I don't know, because when you're here by yourself, it mm -hmm. just, I don't know, it just makes the meal a little bit more enjoyable. So oh, of course, of yeah. course. So tell me about a meal, a meal that you will never forget. A meal that I will never forget. Um, Whether it's good or bad. This is definitely good. Um, okay, so like I said, we're we're north of, of Manhattan and there is a restaurant um, called the River Cafe. And if you are ever in these parts you must go there it's a real experience it's um it's all the way down in brooklyn so it's south overlooking the hudson river right on the river right it's a very romantic kind of like atmosphere is a big part of it you're looking out on the water and the brooklyn bridge is right there and um my wife and i have been there a few times over um, our 20 plus years of being together, but I think we were there for an anniversary and we chose, we opted for like the, the 10 course tasting menu or something ridiculous and over the top. And the food was spectacular. There were just tiny little bite size of the, you know, 10 different things, but it was that combined with the live music. There was a pianist and combined with the evening, you know, sunset time looking out of the Hudson it was really ethereal it was it was magnificent and um I feel like in an ideal world that's how people should eat because it's not there's no I mean certainly there's no rushing when you have 10 courses ahead of you you really have to pace yourself <laughs> but there was so many there were so many other ways to enjoy oneself it wasn't just about the food you know to have all your senses kind of um just paying attention it was really special it was really special so. yeah. and and when you were saying brooklyn i thought oh i am probably going to be there because my daughter lives in brooklyn oh. and um she actually works at a restaurant well she was working at a restaurant um pre-covid um huertas so if you've been to Huertas. I have it. I wonder where in Brooklyn that is though, but. Oh, no, wait, I take that back. That's not in Brooklyn. That is in the East Village. East Village, okay. Yeah, that's in the East Village. But um, yeah, and, oh, well, so, and she's an artist. And so she's she does a lot of drawings with ink. Mm -hmm. And um, she's got this amazing view. Like as you were describing the scenery at that restaurant. I'm like, I wonder if that's anywhere near where Kaylee drew her picture because I could see the bridge, I can see the river. Oh, wow. See all the buildings, you know, it just, and it's so cool too, like you said, you know, when you have the meal, it's not just about the food. 
it's about the whole experience, you know, the whole experience, who you're with and this, you know, the, like you said, the senses and everything that just kind of all comes together. That's so cool. It does. And as we're talking about it, it's making me think that, you know, we don't, we shouldn't wait to go out to these five-star restaurants or whatever it is to experience something like that. And, you know, with two little kids like running around, it's hard to create the right atmosphere, but I guess the right atmosphere might just be, you know, like keeping things up and light. And maybe like you were talking about before, just putting on some music and setting a tone, like being intentional about we're sitting down to dinner now. And it's not just another thing in our day's lineup. It's like, let's, let's sit down and enjoy it. Right. Right. You know, and I think that's an important thing to teach kids too, right. um, you know, is to really enjoy and to press pause a little bit and to slow down. So absolutely. Absolutely. And I know with my kids, um, I've talked about this before when I had a conversation with my daughter on the podcast, you know, we used to play a game at the dinner table. We called it high low. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd go around and say, what was your high point of the day? And I mean, it was very, like you said, very intentional, very focused. We'd sit there and that was our family time, you know? Right. And um, right. so, but yeah, it was great. No matter what it was for dinner, it didn't matter. You know, we always, we always did that. And, um, but, you know, I wonder if there was one thing, only one thing you could eat, whether it's one meal or one specific, you know, food, for the rest of your life, one thing you could eat the rest of your life, what would it be? Hmm, this is tough. I happen to be a huge nut fan. I like a lot of different kinds of nuts. Um, is this a favorite meal? Is this, it, it could be, be. It could be a favorite <laughs> meal. It could just be um, nuts. You like to eat nuts and that's what you're I love nuts. <laughs> I, I adore nuts, you know, cashews and pecans and things like that. And, but I'm also thinking separately of like uh, my favorite kind of meal. I'm more of um, a savory food kind of person. Mm-hmm. So my friends know this about me. Like if you had a slice of pecan pie or a heavy very buttery like slice of pound cake I would definitely go for the pound cake or something not a sugary but more a heavy and like rich and buttery that's definitely me so um for a meal I would I think one of my favorite meals is um it's heavy I have to come to the table very hungry but um it would be like a rib steak um medium or medium well which I know people are aghast at that (laughs) but I don't really do uh, meat very raw but that with some you know like roasted asparagus or roasted potatoes with rosemary or something like that yeah Yeah. no now I'm hungry my stomach's gonna growl (laughs) that's a serious meal that's like you have to be prepared yeah is is there anything that you can't eat there's just no way you're gonna ever eat it um Chop liver. I just, and I've tried it and I just won't. That's funny. I just talked about that with my mom. So that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm not eating that either because the smell of that alone is not good. It's going to make me gag. Ugh. But so speaking of a smell, <laughs> 
Um, is there a scent or a smell that reminds you of a certain time or a person or a place, you know, a certain time in your life? Yes. So I would say, um, so my favorite place to be in the world is Cape Cod in Massachusetts. I grew up going there every summer and there's a very distinctive, strong saltwater smell when you're kind of, you know, towards the end of our trip as we're driving down like a gravel road toward the house and it's on the bay, the Cape Cod Bay and the salt water smell, the salt air is very, very strong. And that to me will bring me right back to that gravel pathway leading to the house. Um, and that just makes me happy. That just makes me happy. So yeah, I would say that nice. salt water. Yeah, isn't it crazy how a smell can do that? You know, like just kind of take you back to a certain place and- Absolutely, and it's such a happy place. Yeah. And it's the good news is that Cape Cod is not the only place with the salt, <laughs> with salty air. So I could be anywhere, I guess, on an ocean and just kind of be transported back there. But yeah, it makes me, it makes me miss it. We didn't get to go there this past summer, obviously because of COVID. So hopefully, hopefully we'll make it there this August. Right. And you kind of alluded to this already, but what's your happy place? Do you have some place that just makes you so happy? Yeah, it's the Cape. It really is. Um, I am 44 and I started going when I was one. I have three siblings and um, I have a twin brother. And I remember he and I, my parents would, we had a big suburban van and it's unbelievable. My dad would pack everything on the top of the car. He would work on this for hours so that my mom could set up like beds um, for me and for my twin in the back of the car so we could sleep the whole trip. Which as a parent, I understand why you would want two out of your four kids asleep for a six hour trip. <laughs> so we would leave at midnight and my two older siblings would be in the second row and my parents would be up front and Ben and I would be in the back. But that is my absolute happy place. It's like life is, uh, it's, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I remember those trips we used to have, well, back in the early 70s when I was a little kid, <laughs> we would travel to Florida quite a bit and um, mom and dad did the same thing. Like they'd clear wow. out the back of the station wagon and we would just sit in the back of that station wagon and, you know, try to get the truckers to honk at us, <laughs> you know, those kinds of. No one was wearing seatbelts, by no, the way. No, no one didn't was. have. It was ridiculous. We were like bouncing or we had beds in the back. I mean, it was, it was so different than it is today. Yeah. So how long was that drive for you? Oh, it depended on where we lived because guess, most, right, okay. yeah, most, um, well, I guess we were in Ohio for a good part of my childhood, but we lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico for four years. Hmm. So we would, um, you know, travel in the summers from there. So that was always a long trip coming through Texas and, wow. and across the Southern states. But um, from Ohio, I want to say it was always a two day trip. We'd always stop sure. someplace along the way. But anyhow, it just I remember those trips too, you know, sitting <laughs> in the back of the station wagon. But um, that's great. So yeah. what and maybe we've kind of covered this and, and I think we might have, but um, what feeds your soul? What is it that just, you know, stirs mm. your soul and it just really gets you going? 
Well, I think there's like a macro answer and a micro answer. Like the macro answer for me is really letting go of all of the nonsense, all of the thoughts that are, it, I guess what gets my soul going is when I can, and it's kind of a trite answer, but I think it's true. And I'm realizing this more just when I can drop all of the non-essential stuff that's in my head and worries and all that and to-do lists and kind of just surrender to like what I have, what is going right, being with my kids, being in the moment, you know, if they're enjoying themselves and like frolicking and playing outside, if I can really drop into that moment and see where they're at and realize that I've got it all right here, you know, that, that, that puts me in alignment with my soul. Um, the micro, the more detailed, I think is more just like listening to, to looking at people when I'm talking with them, you know, connecting with people or connecting with music or just allowing myself to be open to like receive from people, whether it's their music or their words, or that's what makes me happy, you know, um, and also I have to say being outside, I know I'm getting all over the place, but I think in a former life, or maybe in this life, I, I should say, I'd be very happy with animals working on like a farm or something, just <laughs> kicking the rest of it to the curb and kind of simplifying things, you know? Oh, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, well, that's, that's so great. That's so cool. Um, I love all of that. And I love how you've pivoted and how you've found um, a way to take, um, you know, your, your joy and your happiness of helping other people and serving other people and um, really putting that into practice, I guess. Um, and so, you know, before we get to the last question, where can the listeners find you? You know, you mentioned that you're helping with the getting rid of the paper and the things that don't serve you. Um, and you've started a business doing that. Tell mm -hmm. us the name of your business and you have a podcast also. Yes. So yeah, tell us where our listeners can find you. Sure. So the name of my business is just my name. So tamarprager.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then on my website, it has um, the list of offerings. It has a link to join up um, to my membership. The membership is called The Paperweight. And my podcast is also called The Paperweight. And I'd love you listeners um, to check it out. Uh, mm -hmm. People... I think have different types of issues when it comes to letting go and going through different kinds of paper, whether it's sentimental or just mundane stuff. And so I kind of hit, hit, a, hit on all of it. And then you can also find me on Instagram uh, at Tamar Prager. Mm -hmm. um, also on Facebook, I've got a free Facebook group where I put a lot of content out also under Tamar Prager. So that's where you can find me, I'm out there. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So the last question I'm going to ask, because, um, and I say this all the time, because I love to talk, but I could talk to you for so long. Because um, every time you say something, I'm learning something new and something more intriguing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it. Uh, so anyhow, last question, what makes you dance in the kitchen? 
What makes me dance in the kitchen? Um, listening to music with people that I love. Listening to music with people that I love, dropping concerns, dropping worries, and just surrendering and letting it all go. And um, my, my wife is a psychologist. She's also a singer-songwriter. And so there's a lot of music in the house, but she is a great dancer. And so when she starts dancing in the kitchen, then the kids start and then I start. I'm always the last to go, the last <laughs> to fall. But um, that's, yeah, I think just sharing happy times with people makes me want to dance and let go. Oh, that's great. That's so great. I have chills because this was such a great conversation and it just, your love of family and, um, and music in your family. Yeah. Um, I mean, that just, that lights me up. You know, I love hearing that. So that's so great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and having this conversation with me today, Tamar. Um, this has been great. It was a wonderful pleasure and an honor. And thank you again for having me. Wow. Surrendering and letting it all go. What an important concept. It's so true, though. Once you release something that no longer serves you, you finally feel that sense of relief, that weight lifted off your shoulders, that joy and happiness, and you're open to receive what is truly meant for you. I love how Tamar took her experience in infectious disease control and started doing consulting work during the pandemic only to make a major pivot back to something she had done years ago that she loved, helping others let go of the excess in their life. It really is important to do what we love. I hope she's given you the motivation you need to do the same. She has for me. You can find Tamar on her website, tamarprager.com, where you can book consultations, sign up for her membership, and listen to her podcast, which are both called The Paperweight. She is also on Instagram at Tamar Prager, The Paperweight, which is in parentheses. Hey, don't forget to order your feel-good dough. There are so many recipes and different ways to use it. My favorite is the chocolate. Recently, I made some chocolate strawberry bites with chocolate peanut butter in the middle. So, so yummy. Check out my Instagram and you'll find those pictures. They are so good and so easy. You can find the mixes at feelgooddough.com and use promo code Debbie33 to get $2 off the five packs of dry mix and free shipping in the U.S. Hey, if you'd like to connect and keep in touch with me, then head on over to social media. I'm usually hanging out on Instagram at Dining with Debbie. That's my cooking and community page. And you can find it on Facebook too at Dining with Debbie 33. I would love to see what you are up to as well. Come join us in the Facebook group, Dancing in the Kitchen podcast, and introduce yourself. Shoot me a direct message over there if you or someone you know would like to join me on the dance floor in my kitchen, aka this podcast, or if you have any questions. If you could also take a screenshot of this episode, tag me and share it with your friends on social media, that would be awesome. 
could you also do me one more favor and hit the subscribe button to this podcast and leave a review. It would mean the world to me because think about how cool will it be if we can make a difference in just one person's life by sharing our stories and talking about our favorite foods, favorite music, and what lights us up. I hope you leave today inspired and ready to find what makes you hungry for happiness. So again, please subscribe and join me on the dance floor in your kitchen or wherever it is you find joy. Until next time, keep dancing in the kitchen.